This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by Too Much Cursing, the playoffs, and getting angry about Tender Glass. Here we go. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, it's finally here. The playoffs. We made it. We've been the wild card for about a month and a half. Greg, you're a wild card. Say hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. What's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I killed a bird today. Why'd you do that? I didn't mean to. I thought it was impossible to hit birds with your car. Like, you know, you're driving around, you're like, oh, that bird will get out of the way. Uh, A bird dive-bombed me, and I still feel very bad. He exploded on the hood of my car. So rest in peace, that bird. Uh, playoff bird, as I well, would say. There's a thing with birds where they, like, their sensory perception cannot pick up objects moving faster than, like, 70 miles per hour. I was doing, like, 30 Which miles. is why cars can hit. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I was going down, like, a side street back to my job for lunch. And I was just casually doing 35, and a little sparrow just dive-bombed me and exploded on my hood. So I just think we're going to win this this playoff series now. So that's where I'm at. Oh, well. He sacrificed his life uh, for us. That's what I'm. That's the sign I'm getting. Because we already have yeah. playoff beards, so we can't do that. So I sacrificed nope. a life on accident. So we're good. Interesting. Okay. Where do we even I'll give go? You that, I guess. There's. It, listen, we live in a six head world right now, so it's, let's talk about some hockey. So we have the playoffs coming up on Wednesday night at the Bell Center in Montreal, as you do. Mm-hmm. We, there's a couple storylines I want to talk about. Unfortunately, this is all stuff we've kind of touched on, but we're going to revisit it once more. Greg, how much does toughness matter in a series like this? Is that a narrative that's just made by the media? Is that a narrative that's real? Because AV, the last time we played Montreal, said they just out-toughed us. And that's when, I don't know if you know this guy, Tanner Glass came back. It's just... Lazy storytelling by the media. It's like saying a baseball team needs grit to win. It's it's just a lazy way of trying to explain something that a writer otherwise can't explain. Because toughness, if like it it doesn't matter. The, at least toughness in the way the media is portraying toughness doesn't matter. You need to be tough in the sense that you're about to go through a grind that is going to challenge a player physically because the NHL playoffs are maybe the most physical of the major sports playoffs that I'm including football with that. It is a grind for players to go through. They have to play game after game after game at high speeds and they're going to get hit harder. Calls aren't going to be made as um, regularly as they are in the regular season. So players are going to be able to get away with more. But do you need a player on the ice whose main purpose is just to make the lives of other players harder by hitting them more? No. No, you don't. The the Canadians are a slower team than the Rangers. The Canadians, in a way, are a bigger team than the Rangers in terms of the size of the guys they have on the roster. But hockey isn't a sport where you have to match size with size. You want 
to make a bigger team hurt, then play faster. Make them have to play catch up with you and make them have to change their style. Don't change your style to match theirs when your style is the superior style. That's that I hope is what the Rangers realize, but I have no faith in that whatsoever. I also have my doubts. Uh, a very popular beat writer who shall now, oh, who will be named Larry Brooks, wrote uh, last week that Tanner Glass should be in the lineup. I feel like this was a clickbait article from him at this point in time. He actually used the word that uh, to quote to off quote him uh, approximately. He said the Rangers like to jam as many skilled players into the lineup as possible. The tournament represents that time for for a jam. Well, he was saying that after he just said it put Tanner Glass in the lineup. That doesn't make any sense. So this gets to my next point. Pavel Buchnevich, is he going to play or is is A.V. going to just dick us around and sit him down? Is, is Tanner Glass going to be in the lineup for the playoffs? Uh, I'm on record saying long, like three weeks ago that yeah, A.V. was, was going to put Tanner Glass in the lineup for game one. We're both in that record. I, well, I will sadly admit that I'd be more surprised if Glass was not in the lineup than if Booch was not in the lineup. That's not me saying I want that to happen. That's just me trying to – that's me understanding A.V. as a coach over the last, what, six years? Yep. I think it's time for uh, the kid line to come out, though. Like, we've talked about this when we were talking about our ideal lines for the playoffs. The kid line is 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 the deal breaker. Like, that's a line that can overwhelm your opponents. Lindbergh he, – like he hasn't been amazing as of late, but you know him, VC and and Buchnevich had some chemistry. They were effective for a few games. Why not? I don't know why we you know why we're not thinking like wow this is the obvious fourth line. I know the answer is AV, and he doesn't want to admit that he's wrong with Tanner Glass, and Tanner Glass is his his pet, and he does <laughs> he does smile when Tanner Glass does the two things right he does, which is hit somebody and uh, and do nothing else. To be honest, that's the second thing, but. This is just a line that needs to be brought forward in the playoffs. We want to win with speed. We're playing futuristic hockey. We want to be the faster team. We want to be the more offensive team, and we are. The problem for us isn't going to be uh, scoring goals. It's going to be Carey Price. So I don't know why we would we would play Tanner Glass. Do you think if we get absolutely demolished in Game 1 that A.V. has a trigger to go to Pavel Buchnevich to bring in more offensive firepower? No, I don't. I think AV will then, if the Rangers get beat for nothing in game one, I don't think his reaction is, well, this lineup needs Booch. I think his reaction is going to be, my veterans need to step up and do more. Uh, that's just been his track record. It, it's hard with AV and frustrating with AV because the right answer is seemingly right in front of his face, but the right answer isn't his style of hockey. So he, tries to ask a different question as opposed to answering the obvious one. Mm. If that makes any sense. So the, all right, I see what you're saying. So he, he's going to stick with his guns pretty much. He's going to, he's going to play with his guys, yep. his vets. And do you think uh, Kevin Klein and Girardi are on this defense at the same time? That, that can't happen, right? Will that happen? I don't think so. I, I don't, I think that's the one thing that won't happen because I don't, I don't see any way where AB could justify it. I think one of Girardi or Klein sits, and I, I still think it's Klein. Um, it's it's just a you know, AB's way when it comes with Booch and Glass is just you know he he's caught up thinking hockey should be played the same way that it was played in the '80s and the '90s when the, you know that's 20, 30 years ago. The game has changed. The game has evolved. The game has 
the, just gone the way of toughness and come the way of speed. Speed kills. But we're on and, the verge of being that team all the time. We are, we are the speed uh, team. We are we are the fifth. Yeah, but you need you need that's fine. That you can come as close to being that as you want. If you don't have a coach that doesn't that Im- refuses to embrace the way the NHL is changing, then it really doesn't matter. And that seems to be where the Rangers are right now. I just want to like AV again. I feel like this season really soured me on AV, even though we're a hundred point team. That's that's really what's what's killing me. Is at the beginning of this year when we started this podcast. I came on here and, and I really liked AV and I believe I defended him all the time. I was like, AV. You sure did. Be- you sure did because my yeah. my feelings of AV have not changed. No, they have not. And you know, you've maybe you've soured me over the year, uh, or maybe just watching him mismanage the defense over and over again, and and not seeing that Adam Clendenning Brady Shea was the best defensive pairing we put out on the ice all year. Uh, that's not diminishing anything Ryan McDonough did all year. McDonough played amazing. All year, he was the MVP of the Rangers. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt towards the end, but I believe they were just babysitting him, getting ready for the playoffs because they want him fresh. And that's the smart thing to do there, a la the NBA. But for, to not play, to look at the stats, to see all the scouts that say, wow, Clendenning and Shea together are actually not a defensive liability and have good puck possession. Holy shit. Like, what? Did no one go up to AV and was like, hey, man, I know you hate this guy, but guess what? If you put these guys on the third, or wait, stop me now, even the second pairing on defense, we're a better team. And he just goes, no, that's not what I want. I'm just not going to do that. So this team hasn't had anything to play for, for what, a month now, Greg? We've been the wild card for a month, right? About, give or take. So so why wouldn't we, in that during that time, just experiment appropriately the kid line, AV and Shea, have these people gather chemistry, to have your best chance to win instead of playing glass. To get back to my point, you've soured me on AV. You, I want to like him again. I do like him as a coach. It just he's making it really hard on me, Greg. The entire year, I don't think I. Real talk. I don't think I've. I don't think I've soured you on him. I think you paid attention to the Rangers more than you ever have in your entire life, and you saw something you didn't like. What? Because I hosted. I don't a think I have about them. That's asinine, Greg. <laughs> um, I think. I think. I think you just finally saw what. I had been seeing with AV for the last number of years. It's like, it's a different makeup of a team because last year was a veteran. It was a much more veteran-led team than it was this year. This year, there are a lot more younger guys, and you know, you get your panties wet over younger guys. So, when younger guys get mismanaged, like AV loves to do, and it's more obvious because the Rangers have a lineup full of younger guys, it's going to stick out. So, I, I just, I honestly just think, you, you know. Your eyes were opened this year. I don't think I have anything to do with it. Who am I? I, I just now, I've, I've been a truther since day one. This comes to an interesting point. Who am I at this point in time crediting for the success of this team? The GM? It's not AV at this point, right? Is it just the players? Like who? Is it Hank? We've had <laughs> back-to-back hundred-point seasons. Like we've been a good team for four years since he got here. What? Who am I even crediting at this point? Uh. I think it, you know, Gordon got the guys and the right combination of guys. So I think he deserves some credit. Hank always deserves some credit because you have to remember the defensive players playing in front of him and how it's a small miracle the Rangers are even this competitive with the shit defensive court that they have. Um, the fifth most and you know, in the that's incredible. as critical as critical as I am at AV, I don't think the Rangers are winning in. I, 
I think there's a part of the Rangers that are winning in spite of him. But I also, you know, he's a good game day coach. I don't know if A.V. should be allowed to make the lineups. But when a lineup is given to him, he knows how to get the most out of it. That's what's always surprising just, to me. Problem, that he, he's problem able is, to make the call. Like, when I believe I asked you on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. I was like, did A.V. make that call for Tanner Glass or did Jeff Gordon? And it seemed like A.V. made that call. Oh, I might be wrong. Yeah, it seems it seems it seems that it, I it, I would hope that Gordon is not bringing up Tanner Glass because he too thinks that's what the Rangers are missing. I think roster moves need to be done in a way where you know your coach and your GM are in lockstep, or at least sometimes if a coach is adamant about something, the GM makes a move that the coach truly feels is in the best interest of his team, and I think. In the glass case, I'm sure A.B. made a strong argument in his mind why Tenor Glass was the guy that needed to come up and not some other guy from Hartford. But, you know, the, if, Gort, if someone made the lineup for A.B. every night and just handed A.B. the card, I would have total faith in Vigneault getting the most out of those players on that night. Yep. I just have serious issues with how A.B. goes about making his lineup, and then justifying the lineup that he makes. That's my problem with A.V. That's fair. A.V., AV the 60-minute the manager, A.V., is one of the better or best coach that the Rangers have had in our lifetime, and it's hard to argue that. The proof is in the pudding. But A.V., the manager, A.V., the, the coach, GM. when the game is not being played, I have, I have questions and concerns. You know, it's funny. You never really hear any of the players say anything bad about AV, though. It seems like they have good relationships with AV. It doesn't. I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Adam Clendenning doesn't. But other than that, I don't know who would have uh, have any any qualms with him. Seems like he does. You know, stick to his guns and play for his guys. He is. Would you say a players' coach? I would say so. It seems. It would seem that way, definitely. Um, especially again, it. it I. I do not recall a single player saying a bad thing about A.V. or his style or his coaching management. I, I can't recall a one. No, me um, either. There's, there's never any drama. Everyone, the everyone, yeah, everyone goes to bat for A.V. The locker room seems to be, like, the only fights I can remember is Dan Boyle with the media. I, I cannot recall anyone having a single bad thing to ever say about A.V. I can't think of another, like, actual, like, non-media-created storyline drama from the Rangers for the last three or four years since A.V. got here. I, I can't think of anything. You know, it's not like we had uh, Avery or anything going around and, and, you know, what was it? Like, Rick Nash needs to play better in the playoffs. Like, okay, cool. That's not real drama. Of course he does. But Even 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 McElrath seemed to respect A.V., even though I guess that would be the biggest wedge anyone has had between the coaching staff and a player. Uh, but again, when McElrath left, not like he trashed anyone on his way out the door. He's very classy, very well spoken. So I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I can't recall a one. Uh, the closest I can think of is McElrath, and that turned out to be a whole heap of nothing. That brings us to the Montreal coach, Claude Julian. Hopefully, hopefully, I said that correctly. The former Bruins coach. I think you did. Nice, good job by me. Uh, this team has performed since he came to Montreal. They're sixteen, six, and one. Uh, they were definitely a defensive team. They're not an offensive powerhouse whatsoever. Uh, a lot of their forwards uh, didn't even break uh, 50 points for the year. I think I have a lot of the scores here. Max Pacioretty scored 67 points this year, but he also took 268 shots. So uh, I would say that's a, a lot. They're, 
there's no uh, there's only one other player that scored 50 points. And that's that's Alex. Oh my God, Alexander Rud- Rudolov. I killed that. And then Radulov. Uh, Radulov. Wow, that's an A. Anyway, Radulov. Radulov. He's Russian. There we go. And then Shea Weber who was their fifth most offensive player, and obviously he's a defenseman. So they're not going to kill us by playing offensive style hockey. They're going to kill us with Carey Price. Now, who oh boy. I have some stats here that do not look good for Henrik Lundqvist playing at the Bell Center. At the Bell Center, he's 4-9-2 with an ugly 3.87 goals against and an 8.77 percentage in the regular season. So, this has been his living hell playing at the Bell Center. Is this the year that, that does that actually even matter or is that statistically just something that doesn't matter and I'm just, I'm just saying that because that's some stat I've read online. Uh, I think, I mean, it matters. I just don't know how much. Uh, I mean, look no further than Rick Nash being an offensive dynamo in the regular season and consistently no-showing in the postseason. Uh, I don't think – I think regular season stats like that have some barometer you can read from when it comes to a player's success against the opponent in the playoffs. But, I mean, the playoffs truly are – just a different world entirely. Uh, I don't think it's fair to judge a player solely on past performance in a regular season game against the Canadians because, you know, every regular season game has different circumstances tied to it. Uh, if the Rangers are in a playoff hunt, Hank may play one way in Montreal, where if the Rangers, like they were, just taking the pedal off the, the foot off the pedal, he may play another way. Right. Um, the Canadians swept the series the post- against the Rangers three uh, nothing, outscoring us by eleven to seven. And the games all became between June, uh, January fourteenth, and March fourth. So I think your point does stand there. By March fourth, we were, you know, at that point, kind of already in the wild card. Like I said, we've been off. We've been kind of been off for a month now. So maybe Hank was playing a different way at that point in time. It just we haven't beaten this team did this Hank, year. Did Hank, worry me. did Hank even play in those three games? Makes I don't me, even remember if Hank played in those. Makes three me games. wonder. I should have gone back but I did not. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't worry about Hank. Like, you can throw whatever number you want to be at Hank. Come playoff time, Hank isn't my concern. Hank's going to be Hank. He's going to do what he always does, what he's done for the last 13 years or whatever. These are arguably two of the best goalies in the league. I think they're definitely two of the top five. Price could, is probably the best goalie in the league this year. Is, is that... Uh, is that wrong to say? Yeah, Price was not the best goalie this year. Price was bad this year. Really? Are you kidding? Hold on. No. Before Julian came in there, Price was a fucking dumpster fire. He's at 2.23 goals against. He's had a pretty good year, my friend. And not a, a .923 save percentage. This is a good year, man. He, he, was, he was a legitimate dumpster fire he did before Julian came in. He did in. have a quote-unquote lull, as they would say. Right. I, I would not call him the best goaltender this year. I think Dubnik has been better. I even think I think Kemp Talbot I had say, a better fuck year. Fuck you! <laughs> I was <laughs> I was like, don't say it because I knew where you were going. Um, I'm gonna bring up the Kemp Talbot stats now, but uh, good for Cam, man. If I'm gonna be rooting for him unless he's playing us. Yeah, I I think Price has had a fine year. I think by his standards, Price did not have a great year. Um, but again, regular season doesn't really matter for Carey Price either. All that matters is what he does in the play. He's in the same point Hank is. 
where it, it just doesn't matter what either of those guys do in the regular season. At this point, their measuring stick is playoff success, and um, that that is where either of those guys are going to cement their legacy because there's, neither of them have anything left to prove in the regular season. Cam had they're, a, they're good. Cam had a very slightly worse year. Uh, not by he point nine one nine as save as save percentage, and uh, his goals against were point two two point three nine, which is very good. So uh, just a little bit worse than Carey Price for this year. So statistically, uh, yeah, and he's playing he's playing with worth worse pieces. So. That's true. All right, fair, fair, fine. Carey Price, renowned though as probably the best goalie, I would say. I think this, you know, I, from what I can tell of, of hockey of hockey world, he's up there on the top five. Like you said, it doesn't matter at this point. Both goalies are going to play their game, and it's going to be a, a, a defensive battle. Uh, or It's really going to be the Rangers' offense versus Carey Price. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's what the nuts and bolts, everything melts down to. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very basic approach to the hockey game. You know, the Rangers still have to play defense. Let's get more The Rangers make here. even a bad offense look good. That's true. So. More advanced in this series. Special teams. For the power play. New York is 12th. Us. And Montreal is 13th. Now, they do have a sizable edge in the penalty kill, which is they are 14th and we are 21st. So our penalty kill has been crap lately also. So that's something that, that would need to be addressed. If we do play 5-on-5 five five hockey and stay out of the penalty box, I'm looking at you, Chris Kreider. Then I feel very comfortable beating this team. Do you feel like this is? We're by the way the underdogs in Vegas. We are uh, minus. Or, no, we're plus one thirty, I believe, at this point in time. When I looked at the uh, at the Westgate earlier, so do you feel like we should be an underdog in this series? We do have more points than them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we should be an underdog. Because, I think home ice, home ice means okay. means a tremendous amount. Yeah. Um, and, and I think. If this game was played on neutral ice, I think the Rangers would be. I think it would be a pick'em if it was on neutral ice, and I think if the you know obviously if the Rangers were the higher seed, they'd be favored. Uh, I really do think it just comes down to the favorite is who's got home ice. Um, I you know the Kings aren't bad. There's nothing. I'm not saying the Kings are bad. Protect, you They're know. a solid team. They play great yeah, defense. They got Carey Price. What else do you want? They're 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 basically a better defensive version of what the Rangers had been for the last couple of years where it's going to come down to how far Carey Price can carry them because they're not a team that's going to score four goals a game. They're not a team that's going to play. Uh, they're going to play better defense with Julianne because Julianne is going to um, just pressure down in the defensive zone. That's been his MO since uh, winning his cups in Boston. So, He's going to make life difficult for opposing teams to score. Carey Price is going to make life difficult for opposing teams to score. So all the Canadians really have to do is sneak a couple past Hank, and the Rangers are going to be in trouble. And with the way the Rangers have been playing defense for the entirety of this season, sneaking a couple past Hank isn't exactly asking for too much no, if you're not. Claude Julien. No, it is not. <sighs> um, so it's it's uh, it's. It's a toss up. While I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather face the Canadians than either of the three teams in the Metro. At the same time, you know, it doesn't make playing the Canadians easy. No, it's it just not means easy. that's the path I'd rather go through. I think we've pretty much touched on all the major storylines for this 
this series coming up, uh, I do really want Rick Nash to perform. That's my last my last storyline. I just think this is the season. We have a good offensive team. It's time for him to come alive. If not now, when? This might actually be his last season as a Ranger. Do we agree with that? Is it, could this be the Rick Nash's last playoff here? Uh, I'm going to say no. I think if the Rangers really wanted to move Nash, they would have moved them last offseason. I think at this point they're kind of riding this one out. Okay. I think I think he's a range. I think he's a ranger on opening night next year, regardless of what happens in the playoffs. All right. Barring a career-ending injury, I should say. Yeah, of course. Barring the obvious. So listen, Rick Nash. Yeah, I will say. I will say though. This is the least excited I've ever been for a playoff. Ever? I I did ever. Uh, I don't want to say I'm teetering on the edge of not caring, but how? The how playoff, did you not care? But I I don't know. I maybe it's just because. I have a good idea why. uh, Well, I don't know. It might be, I don't know. Half of it kind of feels like it's been such an inevitability that the Rangers were going to make the playoffs this year that the regular season just was not exciting. It kind of seems like a formality. Uh, And then, uh, I don't know. Honestly, as weird as it sounds, it might have something to do with me being back in New York. Whoa. And and, And being able to go. Well, I, I, I can go to a Met game whenever, the, basically whenever I want. So that has kind of consumed me. Whereas, you know, when I lived in Georgia, I the the Mets weren't like the Mets were as much a TV option as the Rangers were. So it was kind of just pick or choose what I wanted to do at I'll night. I'll be honest and with you. I think this is because would always be on at a bar because the last month nothing's mattered. Like we hadn't had a must-watch game since when. When was the last time you were like, man, tonight's the night I have to watch this game. This is a huge game. Uh, there hasn't been. I honestly don't think I honestly don't think I've had one of those since December. Yeah, it's it's no, it's seriously been like that. And you know, I've watched the game still. It's, um and if I miss them, yeah, I, that's I, where, I that's catch what, up on them, but it's it's just That's where, that's, where that's where me calling the season a formality uh just comes in. It, like it's been a fun season. It, I'm not gonna. I don't think there's a single moment from this regular season that's gonna stand out as memorable to me, though. Yeah. No. Like, there's not a thing. There's not a. There's not a single game where I think back on it and be like, "Man, remember that game?" I don't have one of those this year. Put me in a tough spot, I think, because I'm on the spot here. I can't remember a game that particularly comes out, jumps out to me. But maybe that's that's exactly your point. Yeah, I, I, just, remember, I remember the game I went like, to where the Senators crushed us oh, to oh, nothing. That was one of the saddest nights. So <laughs> that's a game that sticks out to me. But there, there hasn't been a particular I just, game. When the playoff schedule was released, my mindset didn't go from, all right, where am I going to be? How am I going to watch these games? What am I going to be doing on game night? My thought was, I kind of hope that fits into my schedule. And I just, I, I can't I, remember that ever being the mindset that I've had. I can't disagree more. I've set up my week just for playoff hockey. What I'm excited for is to get excited again. I haven't been excited in weeks. Like, guys, we host a Ranger podcast, but I haven't, like, I haven't been thrilled about the Rangers in, like, three weeks now because I've just been like, okay, well, the wild card's coming. And I, I, I feel that lull that you feel, but I have the optimism that you don't, if that makes sense. Like, I don't... I don't my think I, my I don't first... My, my, my first honest-to-God thought when I saw the game was at 7 o'clock on Wednesday, I was like, I guess I don't have to watch the Mets play the Phillies that night. Like it was honestly a fifty-fifty what game I was. Oh watch. my god! Listen, I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna get excited. I'm. 
I'm, I'm like that guy who's really like, who's like, are you excited for vacation? And I'm always like, yeah, it's going to be fun. But I'm never really excited till I'm there. So once, once Wednesday night shows up, it's 7 o'clock, I got my jersey on, the game's on, and I'm starting to get pumped up and realizing the stakes of what actually could be. You know, if the Rangers win this series, you're going to start getting excited. It's, that's just the way it is, right? Like, unless you think we're going to go against the Caps or Penguins, and it's just going to be really sad at that point. Uh, I would think, I would think come Wednesday, my mindset will change. It's just, like, at this very moment, am I counting down the minutes, the hours to Wednesday? Not really. And I just, I honestly can't remember a time where I've been so laissez-faire about the playoffs coming up. It's got to be. It's got to be the lull in the season. It's just got to be because it was it was such a long season for us, and nothing happened the last few months. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Like what the Blue Jackets I, I think was the last a, game it, I really cared about. It's probably a mix of the lull and the fact that like I've soured so much on AD that I do think there's a portion of me that wouldn't mind the Rangers getting swept just to prove a point with AD. And what would the point? It would not be the end of the world. What would the point be though? Like that you you made the wrong mistake. Oh, I mean. It should be Bushnevich, you idiot. Yeah, whatever, whatever point needs to be made will be made. I, 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 or it, it won't because we've already extended him and it won't matter. Uh, so this is kind of just the life we live now. But, yeah, I, I got to tell you, the, the lead up to the playoffs this year has been so whoopty freaking do. Like, that's the only way I can describe it. It hasn't been exciting. It's been an inevitability since about February 1st. Uh, the, the the fact that the major question the Rangers have had this year, are they a, better off as a wild card team or better off finishing second or third, like that is not exactly an exciting storyline to follow day in and day out. That's so, you yeah, I'd say, the last I'd two say years, this is, I mean, I've had games that, I mean, three years ago, it was like the Rangers Islanders, even last year, like Rangers Islanders towards the end of the season was intense. Like that was a game that was really, we lost, but it was really meaningful. And I remember it very well. So you're you're right. Yeah, I just it's 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 been it's been a very ho hum year. Uh, it hasn't. I wanted to classify this year as it was exciting. You know, when the Rangers scoring five goals a night to start the season, that absolutely was fun and exciting. But recently, it's kind of just been more um, go through the motions. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, listen, I'm hoping that once the playoffs start, and if the Rangers get off to a fast start and, and win these first two games at the Bell Center, come back home to MSG up to up to nothing, that we'll be more in the zone. I think you're not the only Ranger fan that m- might feel like that, to be honest. But I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to go, and I want to watch the Rangers win. Do you have a prediction? Do you want to do a prediction? Um, I honestly don't, I don't think the Rangers win game one. Uh, I think they'll, the Rangers will be happy to split. Uh, and then it like split the two games with Montreal, come home, play at the Garden. And if if the Rangers want to win this series, they have to win both games at the Garden, I think. That's the only way. I agree. I have Rangers in seven. So I, I think it'll I think it'll be a hard war. Uh, but I think we take I think we take it home at, in, in Canada. So stick it to them. I think I think it goes six. Uh you could, I could go either way. Obviously I'll say Rangers in six, but um, I don't. I don't know if this series gets. I don't think. I don't think the two teams are good enough to get the seven games. I think someone's gonna roll over. Someone falters. When put up against the wall, yeah. All right. Listen, that's it. That's all I have for this series, guys. We're gonna try and come back on Wednesday 
um, and do a little bit of talk about the Rangers, well, post-game reaction, I would say. Uh, unless it's uh, either uh, an incredible blowout and we're both miserable or uh, other circumstances. So we'll keep you updated on our Twitter at Blue Shirts Break, and you're, you're subscribed to us, and, and you get a notification saying we've put out a new episode. Well, there it is. Um, but, Greg, before we uh, move on or even head out of here, is there any nonsense that you want to talk about? We did go to a Mets game last week that was the most miserable Mets game of all time. Um, or not, oh, not, you think that was the most miserable no, Mets game of all time? I was about to take it back. I'm not about to take it back. Sorry. Uh, it was not of all time. It was just not a pleasant experience. Is that better? It was It was cold. It was cold and it was long. It was 12 innings. But I will say we did stand for Bartolo Colon when he took at bat, which was a wonderful feeling. I'm glad we got to stand ovation him. Uh, he's a, a national hero and a treasure. So I, uh, good, good for Bart. He did get the, did not get the win, but he did. His team ended up winning, which in thir- thirteen innings, I believe, or twelve, it was not. It well, was, it was, it was very 12. long. It was the fastest game ever turned into the longest game. So, uh, I, I will say, part of the reason I, I feel and sound like I'm under the weather is probably because of the two Met games I went to last week. I definitely got sick from being outside in forty degree weather with strong winds for eight hours. Not, not ideal. Almost not so. ideal. Uh, I have no master's takes whatsoever. That's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> good, good for good for Sergio. I mean, That's it. Sergio, few few golfers you can say deserve a win like that. Sergio's one of them. He's been one of the best golfers uh, of the last ten years, and it's been kind of mystifying how he hadn't won a major. It, it got to a point. It was getting to a point where uh, Phil was before Phil finally crossed that line and broke through. Um, Sergio's been plenty good enough to win multiple majors, but for whatever reason, he hadn't. So couldn't, couldn't be more pleased that Sergio won. I could be more pleased, I should say, because I lost a lot of money on the match. There you go. Because none of my, none of my golfers did anything of note. Uh, thanks to Ricky Fowler, bro. All Ricky Fowler had to do was finish top five, and I would have broke even. Dang. But uh, he couldn't even do that. So Classic Ricky. Great. Great. Uh, as for baseball, Great. just covering that, the Mets are 500 at this point in time as we're recording. Uh, they're three and three, and the Rays got absolutely shit today by the Yankees. Congratulations, Yankee fans! And uh, and that's that's all I really have. It's uh, baseball season. We're getting ready for the playoffs, and we'll be back to review. Yeah, it's it's just too early to have a serious Met take. My only Met takes right now are Jose Reyes needs to sit down just for like three days to clear his head because he doesn't look like a competitive hitter. At the moment, uh, I'm not saying that's going to be the case for the entire year, but it's the case for right now. And the Mets have two guys very capable of playing third base every day at Wilmer Flores and TJ Rivera on their bench, so they should be playing. Uh, but, you know, like A.V., Terry Collins, a stubborn little prick. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rafael Montero is bad. <laughs> I don't think Rafael Montero should be in the major leagues. So. Outside of those two takes, it's you know it's been six games. Let's yeah. all calm down about the do. Mets. I will say one Met take of my own. Noah Syndergaard is very good. He is really. Oh really God, good. it's got to be what it was like to watch Scott Good in '84, '85. He's incredible. Has I can't to be. Explain it. Uh, and also, the ESPN booth is awful. That's my last take. Oh, just, just, just fucking kill me it's if really the Mets bad. are on Sunday Night Baseball again. I, I honestly, I can't compare it to anything. I'd like. The Yankee booth is bad, right? It, I think everyone in New York agrees that it's bad. Ten times out of ten, give me Michael Kay and whatever goof you want to put next to him, then 
the ESPN booth. Like, I didn't need, a, you know, fucking Johannes Cespedes undressing in one box and the actual game in another box. It's unnecessary. Yeah, I don't need it. And then what? Just an in-booth interview with Mr. Met, who, by the way, can't speak. What are you doing? It's like, fuck off. Just and, uh, It got to a point. I really wish. I would pay. If ESPN wants people to start like paying them more money for coverage, I would pay $10 a month more just to be able to listen to ambient noise when the Sunday Night Baseball game is on. Just give me the crowd. And the PA system and nothing else. Actually, that, just that's have a Ravage Braden. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, a good broadcast booth enhances uh, a baseball viewing experience. Oh, you're spoiled. But I'd rather listen. So... I'd, I know. I very much know. I'd, I'd honestly rather just listen to the crowd murmuring and whatever is being played over the PA system than Ravage Braden and Eduardo Perez. It is an abomination. It's not good. And that, on that being said. Guys, I look forward to Wednesday night. A couple people have asked us if we're going to be at the games. We will not. Uh, unless someone throws free tickets at us, then we will be there. We will also wear any t-shirt you want at that point in time. Or I'll be there because Greg can only do it on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, but maybe he makes an exception. Who knows? And uh, if not, we'll see you guys over the summer. So that will happen. But we'll be back on, on probably Wednesday, if not next Monday. Uh, doing some post-game reactions. I'm sure I'll do a uh, reaction on Sunday night, if anything. Uh, so we'll do something. Look for content coming from us uh, for the playoffs. Uh, like I said, I'm going to get excited. I'm almost there. Greg, not so much. And we'll see you guys next time. Greg, I am, any I am, words? Go ahead. I am 100% more excited for Fate of the Furious than I am the playoffs. Fate of the Furious? No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's this week. Wait. The I know. Do the Rangers... Yeah, it comes out Friday, man. What are you doing? Yeah, it comes out Friday. God. All right. Well, all right. Listen, yeah, the Rangers do play Friday. So, there you go. It's going to be I don't th- I think I'm seeing it. I'm pretty sure I'm seeing it Saturday. Don't worry. All right. All right. Listen, Ranger fans. I'm sorry, but, I'm sorry but, if Greg bubs you out, but, but I'm trying but, to hype you up. <laughs> what, what I, what, if given a choice between Fate of the Furious and Game 2, I think you know which way I'd go. Yeah, Game 2, definitely. <laughs> Don't say anything. See, Stop there. Shut the fuck yourself. up. Don't say anything. We're a Rangers <laughs> podcast, and we just spent the whole podcast being like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm hyped up. I'm getting ready. I'll have my popcorn ready, and I'm going to try and do some shit on Twitter or something like that. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. See you Wednesday night for, for posting. Who knows? I love you all. Greg, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.